This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, I'm Carrie, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. These two fabulous women put the social in social media. You'll hear their approach to social media at Entenmann's and all of the sweet baked goods brands associated with Entenmann's. And you are going to be blown away, not only by their approach to social, but their approach to work friendships, their approach to their careers, their approach to marketing as a whole. These ladies are chock full of great advice, and I can't wait for you to listen to them today. Meet Maureen Sticko and Lorraine Hale. Welcome, Lorraine and Maureen, to the show. Hi, Carrie. Hello there, Carrie. I'm so excited to have you ladies on. As you know, long time, very long time friends. And I love to talk with Maureen about the many, many different iterations that we have worked together in some some capacity when I go back to thinking to the story of my own career and how you have played such a pivotal part, both of you, um, in my own career as supporters and friends and partners. So before we even start, I want to say thank you to both of you for that. Thank you. We loved it. <laughs> it's a pretty been a pretty amazing journey so far. And let's let's start with you, Lorraine. I would love to hear. I want to hear both of you ended up sort of in a very similar place, but I'd love to hear kind of how you got there because I know your stories are a little bit different. So why don't we start with you, Lorraine? Tell me the story of your career. Okay, Carrie. Um, in a nutshell, uh, let's see. I started out working at a small retail ad agency. Um, very interesting background uh, as an account executive, and I worked with a lot of car dealers all across New York City, which was kind of crazy. And <laughs> speaking of crazy, I also uh, worked with the Crazy Eddie account. Now, I don't know if you remember them. Of but, course you know, I do. Okay, everything was insane. And um, and then, you know, I left there and moved on to 12 years in the wine and spirits industry. And that was so much fun. Um, I actually launched and was involved with a, a brand called Alize, which is a very hot urban brand and, um, you know, got its notoriety in hip hop and rap music. And from there, I came to the Entimates brand uh, and joined the Entimates marketing team here in 2000. So going from Crazy Eddie, whose prices, so for those of you who don't know, as I referenced that I knew it, those amazing commercials that said, Crazy Eddie, and his prices are insane. And he was a real character. <laughs> so, so going from that insane sort of world to the really interesting world of liquor and spirits and, and looking at that and, and specifically within an urban and hip hop culture, and then going to the sweetest of the sweet Entenmann's, it's really, you've had a good variety there of type of product. Definitely a variety of products, but sort of this common recurring theme. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about social media today. And, you know, one of the things that I've found across all of these different um, places that I've worked is that, you know, marketing is always social. 
And when we've been successful, whether it was with Crazy Eddie, whether it was with Alize, or whether it's with Entenmann's, it's really when we connect with people in a way that is socializing the brand. And so we didn't have social media back in the Crazy Eddie day, but everybody was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it because of that commercial. And the same is true for Alize, and the same is true for Entenmann's. So there's a, there's a common theme. There's a lot of passion for the brands that I've worked on, and there's a lot of um, you know, real love for those brands with consumers. Yeah, I think all of them have had a pretty strong word of mouth if you're thinking about it. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay, Miss Maureen, on to you. Tell me how you got to where you are today. Oh, whoa, Miss Carrie. Um, so how did I get to where I am today? I actually started out um, in the baking business when I was a teenager. I started out working in a bagel store um, in high school and worked there for four years and then moved to Food Town. Remember Mel Weiss, Food Town? Totally. Uh, worked there for a number of years. So it's, it's almost as if it was just always in my blood to be in consumer packaged goods. I actually just stumbled upon a marketing services uh, agency position um, in my early 20s up in Westchester, and I worked there for 10 years and had the privilege of working some, on some very iconic brands like Whisk Laundry Detergent, Pepperidge Farm Cookies, there we go again with the baking business. I worked on Planters Peanuts and just some real iconic brands. Um, I was there for 10 years, as I said, and then came over to Entenmann's in 1999 and have been working across the entire Sweet Baked Goods portfolio since then. Um, but, you know, it's just been very interesting to watch how marketing has changed and how marketing is just, you know, everything is social now, right? That's what marketing is. It's just all about being social and having a two-way dialogue with your consumers. And Maureen, so you mentioned that you, you had started at a marketing services agency where you landed there. And Lorraine, you also mentioned that you were in an agency. We have a lot of young listeners. Do you think starting at an agency is something that benefits you? Or do you think you need a little bit more experience before you go there? What do you think about the agency side versus brand side for some of our younger listeners? Let's start with you, Maureen. Yeah, so I definitely think it benefited me big time in starting at an agency. When I came over to the client side, I often joked with some of my former clients and said it's much easier to go the direction I went instead of going the reverse direction. I think it gives you a very good foundation of how things work because on the client side, we are working with a lot of agencies. And I think it's very important to understand what makes an agency run to be able to be a better client and to help the agency uh, help the agency help you. You understand that, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And you have to make sure that um, you understand how an agency ticks in order to be able to do that. And how about you, Lorraine? You know, I, I agree completely with what Maureen said. You know, I think that my agency experience was invaluable in making me a success on the brand side. What I would say is, um, you know, that the agency sees just a piece of what the brand mm. is about. Mm. And and, you know, one of the things that I, I agree with Maureen is very important is that when you're on the agency side, you ensure that you know as much about the brand from start to finish. You know, always, always ask more questions than you think your client even wants you to. Mm-hmm. Uh, always, always make sure that you are smart about the motivation for what the brand is requesting. Because if you're doing things without understanding the brand's motivation, then you're really missing a big opportunity to build success for that brand. So you guys work at a place where people 
associate your brand with love and comfort and deliciousness. Tell me a little bit about how you at Entman's um, and, and some of the other brands associated with Sweet Baked Goods bring out kind of that nostalgia and that love. How do you, how do you capture users' love and, and share it? Uh, let's start with you, Maureen. Sorry. So the most obvious way that we capture and share the love of the brand is, is through visual, is through appetite appeal and de- delivering that on our packaging, delivering that on our point of sale material. And obviously, most recently in social is delivering it in a very meaningful way in social. We know that anything that we do um, to, to communicate with our consumer, it's very important to give them that mouth-watering visual to, to pull them into our brand. So, uh, Lorraine, what would you say? How do we capture that? Uh, well, I, I think that, you know, people eat with their eyes. Mm-hmm. So I think that the visual is very important when you have a product like Entenmann's. But I think that for us, it's taking that visual and telling the story. Because so many people, it's about that moment mm-hmm. uh, and the emotion that's created by that moment. So the visual is is not just of the product. But it's it's of the product in context. Yep. And so whether it's you know the the birthday party or the holiday celebration or you know breakfast at grandma's house, um, you know we really create vignettes that tell the story. And and I think that's how we best connect. You guys were pretty early adopters in social. You've been doing it a long time. I'm pretty we early. Have. You have <laughs> early believers and and really looking at that. Tell me a little bit about how you've seen social media change over time. And I, I know there was a tremendous shift where, you know, towards paid and all of that stuff. How has all of this, how have you seen social media change over time and yes. how has it affected your strategy? Let's start with Lorraine. Hmm. Well, you know, I think what's interesting is, you know, we were, as you say, early adopters. And for an old brand, an old established brand like Entenmann's, you know, that was uh, something that we felt at first was uh, risky. And, you know, we were, we were concerned about, you know, how we did it. We had great guidance, of course, with our uh, agency uh, partner there, Carrie, you and of your course. team did a great job of, um, you know, absolutely of making it comfortable for us. I think for, for me personally, and, and Maureen is going to speak, I think, more to the nuts and bolts of what we do and how we do it. But I think for me, um, what's changed is the realization that, you know, social media, social marketing is, is not so different from, you know, marketing, you know, in and of itself. And so, you know, at first we were sort of exploring what we felt like was a new world. And then we realized, yeah, there are specific tactics that you'll use and a specific, you know, sort of go-to-market strategies. But in the end, if we think about, you know, social marketing and digital marketing overall as, uh, you know, the means to an end, you know, the, the next wave of how we will communicate with consumers, uh, I think that, you know, has led us to um, our strategy today, which incorporates social and digital into every aspect of what we do. And I think for us, um, for me, as I said, personally, the learning experience has been that it's less about it being a standalone uh, functional uh, marketing element than it is being a very critical linchpin to the overall marketing effort. Right. Oftentimes, Lorraine, you and I have spoken about the strategy of it and said, you know what? It's all marketing. It's yep. all just marketing, social, yep. digital. It's all marketing. We still like to kind of put it in these buckets sometimes, even within our brand budgets. We have it bucketed, but it's all marketing. It's all that that dialogue and that relationship with the consumer. And um, 
you know, what, what has changed for me is being able to really analyze it. Yeah. And, you know, Lorraine and I used to do this nights and weekends. We started the Entenmann's Facebook page ourselves. Amazing. And we're answering the, answering the post ourselves on nights and weekends and just how it has exploded into what it is today and really being able to dig into analytics and understanding how it can drive your business is really um, what has changed most for me over the years. Yeah, I think that that's a tremendous shift. I, uh, for me, I remember that being uh, before there was any element of paid when it was entirely organic, it was all about uh, the community and brands engaging with the community and this sort of experience. And then as it shifted, as most networks did, because there was a business model, it became sort of an advertising and marketing vehicle, which has incredible ability to receive feedback and get support. But I agree with you that the shift that it is, um, you know, another tool in the arsenal and another part of an integrated marketing strategy is absolutely true. And I, I love what you said about really understanding now better with better analytics and time, you know, really being able to see what that's doing for you. So tell me a little bit, Maureen, about what, what do you consider a successful campaign? When you're looking at something, you say, okay, this performed really well. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on reach? Are you focusing on engagement, a hybrid of both? What what equals success to Entenmann's? You know, that is the multi-million dollar question in our that company. I, I am often asked that question when I give social presentations. And I, I really have to say that it's it's no one single metric. You have to look at all of those metrics and know your community and understand the tactics that you're using and the different triggers that you're pulling on in what is driving one of, any one of those metrics. And none of them can be looked at in isolation. You always have to overlay it with, what did you just say? But nothing is organic anymore, right? right. You have to overlay it with what you're spending behind it. So uh, we, we've recently embarked um, on a relationship with a company named Social Bakers, which I know you've, you've met with them also, Love and they're them. helping they're helping us do that. They have a very unique platform that pulls all of that together. Um, and what was even just a few months ago for us very manual has become a, a, a portal for us being able to analyze our programs. And so you recommend for brand people that are listening and even agency people, Social Bakers has helped you as a tool. They are helping us as a tool, yes. We're still learning. We're still in the infancy stages with them as well. We're still working on a couple of, you know, setting benchmarks and understanding exactly the question you just asked is which metrics should we be looking at? And if it's not any single one of them, what are the benchmarks for each of them? It's also interesting because every every brand I talk to on this show has so many different, not only ways of measuring, but uh, you know, philosophies around measurement. There is no one standard. So it's it's really right. fascinating when you listen and, and you learn across time. So Maureen and Lorraine, I have a question for both of you. I know for me, uh, as somebody who has really uh, been very close with you for a long time, you've had a lot of really great advice um, for younger people working both in the agency space and and particularly in, in the space of social, you have done a lot of kind of great feedback for some of our team members and looking at that. When I'm looking at people who are starting out in their careers, young women who are starting out in their careers, is there any advice that you would have for them? It can be about social media or otherwise uh, that will help them as they go along their career. Like I guess looking back, are there things you wish you knew? And let's start with Lorraine. So, you know, I, I think it's obviously, you know, as a woman myself, uh, you know, I think it's phenomenal to see uh, young young ladies, you know, really getting involved and, you know, taking ownership 
uh, in their careers. And, and I think at a younger and younger stage, one thing I would say for myself is, you know, I, I went to school for marketing and communications, but when I came out of school, you know, I didn't know what that meant and how would I make it work. And, you know, I came across this agency job sort of by happenstance and, and that led me on the path that I'm on today. What I would say for the, for the younger folks is, you know, do the internship. Um, explore as many different types of uh, businesses and companies that you can while you're in school and even afterwards. You know, push yourself uh, to do things that maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable and, and know that that's okay to feel that way because that's all part of growth and learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I have always been... Um, you know, willing to do new things and try new things, but maybe I was a little bit reluctant to make that known. And so I would say, you know, just be bolder than you think you can be, and that's really going to benefit you in the end. Uh, You know, take the risk, and it'll be worth it. Love it. How about you, Maureen? The spotlight's on you. (laughs) Oh, the spotlight's on me. This is a tough one. Uh, Not really. Julie, not a tough one. Uh, My advice would be to, and, and this isn't a new one, um, but this is so holds so true for me and my career is to make sure you you're really doing what you love mm. and and to love the people that you work with because you know what you can learn anything but you can't really change a culture a culture is not going to change overnight it's going to take a very long time for that so if you walk in the door somewhere and you know you're not feeling you're not feeling it within a couple of months or something, you should really think about, long and hard, think about whether you should be there. Because, um, you know, I've been here for 17 years. Lorraine has been here neck and neck with me the whole time. And we wouldn't be here this long if we didn't really love um, what we do and love each other. Um, and, and that happened over time. That obviously didn't happen the minute we walked in the door, but that happened over time. And I think it's very important that out of loving what you do and loving the people that you work with, that that dedication for your job, the passion for your job, driving for results, that all comes as a result of your overall happiness in those two areas. And you guys, I love both of those pieces of advice. Really, really great advice per usual. Every time, just so our listeners know, every time I go to lunch with these two, I get so much great advice. Every time I'm like, I need to write that down. I need to write that down. Always great stuff. And so you mentioned um, just, you know, how long you guys have worked together. And so I'm curious, how, how important do you think it is to have people at work who you feel like a true bond with, you know, somebody who you really feel like you, you work well with and, and have a great friendship with as well. Is that, is that part of what keeps um, you going at work? Is it part of what keeps you engaged? Lorraine? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I can give you just one word to answer there, Carrie. There's not much more that I can say. You know, I've been very fortunate in uh, the various places that I've worked that I've made good friends along the way. And that's made the the workload lighter. It's made the, the, the life that you have at work, and really we spend more time at work than we do with our families. It's made my life at work very, very special. Um, Maureen and I have been great friends um, for many years now. And, you know, she's going to tell you a little bit about what our relationship, I think, means to her. <laughs> you know, on, in a work basis, you know, we can bounce ideas off each other. We sort of tell it like it is. You know, if somebody wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, probably me. Um, <laughs> Not always. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, you're sure to kind of let the other person know. And and we push each other a little bit. You know, we, we, we push each other to be the best people that we can be, I think, in all situations. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell, a, you know, Carrie, a little bit of a story. Maureen and I had a very personal incident where I was actually choking uh, five years ago this year. And Maureen was able to perform the Heimlich maneuver on me. And she actually saved my life. I don't know if you knew that or were aware of that. And so we have this personal friendship and we have this bond that can never be broken because of that. And uh, so I always say I always like to thank Maureen for that. Uh, and I think of that every day. Do you know how I knew that actually was from Facebook because Dr. Heimlich had performed the Heimlich. And then I saw that you posted like thinking of you and I was like, oh, who knew this? That is truly incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. The Heimlich. Yeah. Everybody should know the Heimlich maneuver. Yes. Although I didn't know it, the poster in the kitchen helped me to do the Heimlich maneuver. On Did you actually read place. the poster when you were doing it? Were you reading the poster? Yes. A hundred percent. Actually, I didn't even realize she was choking until I saw the poster and I said, oh my gosh, are you choking? And yeah. she couldn't speak at all. It was all Aww. body language. Um, yeah, so that was an incredible bond between us that will never be broken. Mm-hmm. It was in the right place at the right time. So Maureen, do you have anything that you want to add to the question? I'm, I'm going to cry, Carrie. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm like Oprah right now. I totally made that. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, Lorraine said it so eloquently. We, we really just have this um, unique ability to, in a lot of ways, complete each other's sentences and read each other's body language and know when one, one needs to be helped along, encouraged. Um, it, it's not always easy. Sometimes we ha- have had to have some closed door conversations about things that may not have sat well with me or vice versa, things that I may have said in a meeting that maybe didn't sit well with Lorraine. And um, the most important part of that is having that communication and talking to each other, not letting it fester, not letting you know something someone else get in between that, but calling each other on the carpet. When those things happen, we talk through them. And it has made our our friendship and our um, professional relationship even stronger because of it. I love it. So talk to me a little bit about both of your personal uses of social media. What networks are your favorite and why? Maureen, let's start with you. Oh, I have to say that my newest favorite is, and you're going to be so happy, Carrie. I know what it is. I know. I'm so proud of you. I just love looking like a doggy sometimes. (laughs) Isn't it just fun? I try to explain, you know, I do a workshop on parenting in a digital age and most people are terrified of Snapchat. I make them do it. And two minutes later, they're making their face into every silly thing you could imagine. It's, it's just fun. Right. Right. Yeah. So the reason that I love Snapchat is because it meets my kids where they are. I can Mm -hmm. send them a text message and they don't answer me. I send them a Snapchat and they answer me in in minutes. Yeah. So I, I, I believe very strongly that you need to be involved in these um, different social media platforms to be able to understand them and use them as marketing tools. Um, so that, that's, I, that's why I love uh, Snapchat, but I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I, I like to think that I'm not as social as you, Carrie, but I'm very social. I like to share things. I have relatives all over the country, and uh, it really helps me stay closer with them and just communicate. I feel this personal bond, especially with my colleagues um, that I'm friends with on Facebook, that you know them at a different level and you just connect with them at a different level when you know, oh, you caught a really big fish this weekend. And, <laughs> yep. you, know, you don't have to go into the whole long story on a Monday morning, but you know because of Facebook that, you know, Ryan caught a big fish this weekend. Um, so I, I love using social and I'm very transparent in social. 
I think that's a great point about the ability to know people kind of at a little bit of a deeper level than you might not ordinarily. It gives you like a snapshot into their lives um, without right. having to go into the whole thing. I really love that. And also, Maureen, I think you've been kind of an early adopter because you've followed where your daughters go. I remember when you went on Instagram yeah. pretty early. I didn't have to do a lot of convincing of why this was so important because your kids were on and you kind of knew. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I like to follow them in social and I like to, um, you know, just be involved in their lives. It's not really about spying on them in any way. It's just being involved in things and knowing the technology. So that's dinner conversation about things that they're using and different apps that they're using. And it really helps me as a marketer to understand how, how these teenagers are using social media. Absolutely. And Lorraine, how about you? Which networks do you prefer? Yeah, so Maureen definitely is our early adopter here. She's out ahead of everything, Carrie. She's she's just about keeping pace with you. Uh, yeah, she I'm, is. I don't know about that. I'm yeah. less adventurous. I would say I'm less adventurous. Uh, but I like to be where my people are. And that's true personally as well as for our brand. So most of my people are still on Facebook. <laughs> and so that's where that's where I am most of the time. Uh, that's to include my 84-year-old mother, who I'm friends with, too. I'm friends with her mom. Amazing. Who, um, Amazing. Who's on Facebook and, you know, liking the grandkids' pictures. And, you know, we, uh, as a brand for the Entenmann's brand, we're very reliant on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a very large uh, audience base. And um, that's where they seem to be most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're engaging them most of the time. I'm also on Instagram. And, um, you know, I have a, a niece who travels. She spent a few months in Southeast Asia posting a lot of beautiful travelogue pictures. I see those on Instagram. And I'm a fan personally of Pinterest uh, because I love to cook and bake. And I see all kinds of beautiful images that just suck me right in. And I end up down the rabbit hole looking at all the recipes <laughs> awesome. all, all day long. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay. So if people want to follow Entman's, where is the best place? What's your favorite network? I know it's like picking a favorite child. I know you mentioned that you have a very large presence on Facebook. Is that where people should go? Where should they go to follow you? They should definitely go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. Okay. So follow Entman's on Facebook. And ladies, if any young women that are listening are inspired by you, where should they go to reach out? Is LinkedIn the best place? Definitely. Awesome. Okay. Yes. So me too, Carrie. For both of you. Okay. I love it. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you. You are two not only wonderful friends and colleagues, but two very fabulous social ladies. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, Sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.